Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors here with 11 and 15 Hummels Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Kia Hyundai, best in new inventory, great pre owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. I sit here and I offer an unbiased opinion that the guy is who he is, and you guys get mad. It's just the, I'm sorry, it's who he is, and he's not the problem, Matt. He's not the problem. Jalen Hurts is not the problem. But I, I don't understand where you guys think that there's going to be a magic wand suddenly out of nowhere. He's leading guys into yards after the catch. When's that? You know exactly when in his career has he done that? Some guys just I I don't know what it is with some some of these quarterbacks that come out of college. Sometimes they most of don't them live are up to the way they. they that's true, but but that's that's the key are. word though is most, not all, oh, but course. most. So that's why you have to wait and see. And that's why the Eagles are putting this plan out for to give Jalen Hurts this year. They got well, a little no, bit of a he, taste last he, year. Now I got to give him this year to see what he can he do. De- he deserves the full shot this year. There's no. That's not. I'm not disputing that. I'm just telling the audience in no uncertain terms. Most times you just are who you are. I think you know. And what has he shown you so far in this level? So far he's shown you exactly the same kind of quarterback he was at Alabama and Oklahoma. What's the difference? There are moments he, he throws it, and it's beautiful, and there are moments he throws it, and you go, yikes. And the problem is he's got more pressure on him. I don't mean emotional pressure. He's got more pressure on him in Philadelphia because of the offensive line situation than he ever had in college. And you think now he's going to be more accurate with more pressure on him? Or, I mean, let's do some common sense here. I mean, I'm coming from this from a from a common sense and seen him a million times point of view. As opposed to, I saw Russell Wilson, and guess what? Jack and I thought right away, God, Russell Wilson's going to be great in the NFL. Not good, great. Right? Felt the same way about I thought Brady was going to be really good when I saw him. Like, wow. I thought Josh Allen was going to be really good when I saw him. And there are other guys I looked at and go, not going to be great, and it ended up not being great. I mean, Daniel Jones has never inspired me. Not in the least. I mean, it's just... You end up being, essentially, you are who you are. Now, I know he's only seven starts in, but you're also two and five in those starts, right? Yes. And did Atlanta put any pressure on him? In that case, not really. Did San Francisco? A little bit at times. Did Dallas? That's the most he's seen. Mm-hmm. And how many points did they put up the last two weeks? 21 and 11 is, yeah, like 42 points the last two weeks. That's not good enough. 
No, and they, most of the points they got against Dallas were garbage time. I'm not putting him down in the least. I am. See, this is where you, you guys don't understand. You're getting all emotional about it. I, I said he's not the problem, and I'm not putting him down. But I'm also telling you, in no uncertain terms, he is who he is. It's just <laughs> there's no difference in the guy I see now than when I saw in college. And I thought he was a really good college quarterback. I think he's a good NFL quarterback, but he's not a great NFL quarterback. It's just the way it is. You just don't something, poof, change. Perfect. I'm incredible. Patrick Mahomes is the same with the Chiefs than he was with, with Texas Tech. You watch it, Tech, you watch him at Texas Tech, he plays the same way. To me, the guy I look at and go, boy, he's better than I thought he was going to be. It's Justin Herbert. Boy, you guys get defensive. Man. Somebody offers an honest appraisal. By, like, I've watched him his career. He's kind of doing the same things that he's done in the seven stars with Philadelphia. He's better than Wentz. No getting around it. But... Do I think he's going to go, whoa, he's going to get... He's going to have to get a lot better. A lot better. And believe me, being the the second-best quarterback in the NFC East is not a big statement. Eagles. Bitter. Let's get to our play-by-play call of the day. Cardinals down to their last out. 2-2 pitch and a swing and a miss. Ashby strikes out the side. And the 17-game winning streak comes to a close. The fans applauding the Cardinals despite the fact that they lose. A streak that comes to an end. A streak that we've never seen in St. Louis. And we may never see it again. And Adam Wainwright at 40 is going to get the start next week against Max Shearzer in the one-game playoff. How about that? 40 years old, 3.05 ERA. Had a terrific career. You want to know why, Matt? Because he started with the spikes. No, actually he didn't. Um, but he is who he is. All right, so. <laughs> Let's bring in Rich Scarcella, Redding Eagle. Hello, Rich. Welcome. Great to be with you again, Steve. Um, was it at least... Uh, fun on your part listening to James talk about Aaron Rodgers and and leaving him too much time uh yeah that was uh that was interesting I but uh you know and I it, it was a it was an answer and I'm actually it was in the middle of transcribing it a, a, an answer to a question about analytics right but I don't think any analytics can account for Aaron Rodgers precision and accuracy no not in the least and that's what makes it so interesting and he's right. Yeah. There's that fine line, uh, and I'll say this with all due respect. Do I leave Jalen Hurts with 37 seconds? Yeah. Would I prefer not to leave Aaron Rodgers with 37 seconds? I would not. Uh, but yeah. but you have to score. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Well, the one thing, the one mistake, and I didn't realize it watching the game, but I saw, I don't know if it was a, somebody mentioned it. 
that Jimmy Garoppolo snapped the ball with 14 seconds left on the play clock. Yeah. The clock run. Now I didn't. I honestly I didn't notice that watching the game. Now maybe they they could have run it down another eight or nine seconds. Sure, but that's easy to say in hindsight when you're trying to score the go ahead touchdown. So um, what was your takeaway from the press conference uh, today, Rich? Oh, um. Sorry, I didn't mean to jump so quickly. Into no, the no, I was. I, yeah, I didn't. Ex- I, I, I don't know why I didn't expect the press conference. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think. I, I mean, I think there's a. I think it's very interesting the whole dynamics. I asked the question about Indiana. Indiana has played Penn State very well the last three years, exactly. not just the last one or two years. That's right. There's something. Now, there's something about the matchup, and I I believe firmly in matchups. Me too. You mentioned Muhammad Ali and Ken Norton, Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier. Those were they matched up well with Ali for whatever reason. So I think that's my takeaway that Indiana has is I mean yes it's the program is better, uh, their recruiting is better, but Indiana seems to have at least the last three years have Penn State. I don't want to say figured out, but at least match up well with Penn State. Um, you know, and I I don't know what will happen Saturday. Um, I know we talked to PJ Mustafer this morning, and I know James. I know he's going to continue with his one and zero mantra, but it has to be. I mean, human nature is human nature, and they've got to be thinking about last year's game at Indiana and how it ended, and how you know they made it. They made enough mistakes, Penn State did, to lose the game. But the way the game ended, on a very controversial call, I got to think that that especially this week, is sticking in the back of their craw. Have you had a chance to see Indiana at all? And I'll freely admit, obviously, I saw the Cincinnati game and I saw the uh, Western Kentucky game. I listened to the Western Kentucky game and your friend Don Fisher on the way home Saturday night. Okay. And so I haven't I haven't been able to see them, but I listened to that game almost the whole way home. Okay. Um, and so, I, but I know uh, Michael Penix has struggled. He, he threw... He has two three-interception games. He didn't do that against Western Kentucky. Uh, I know they had a real tough game against Western Kentucky, and I know the Hilltoppers um, gained almost 500 yards against Indiana. So, uh, no, I haven't been able to see them yet. And I'm curious to see what uh, Michael Penix's mobility is. I've seen highlights, and it's hard to tell off highlights, but I'd like to see him, you know, running, trying to scramble away from – a pass rush, see see what kind of mobility he has. When you see, obviously Noah Kane's been starting, and Noah, mm-hmm. we know what Noah can do. Kevon Lee has yep. been the next guy in. Now mm-hmm. the third guy in has been John Lovett. So since he is new to the mix, what have you thought about seeing him in the first couple of games that he's been in the mix, and what do you think he adds to the offense when he's in there? Well, I don't think there's any doubt that he adds a lot to the offense, and I think he's got an a burst, and and, he, and he's, it seems to me that he has a vision. Um, you know, we haven't seen a ton of him, but I've seen enough to realize that, that he is definitely a positive factor. And I think going forward, um, if Kevon Lee continues to struggle to hold on to the ball, that Lovett will move into the number two spot. And if Noah Kane is dinged up enough where he can't play Saturday, and we won't know that until Saturday, then he may even actually start Saturday. So I've been impressed with him, for sure. 
All right, so the offensive line has been brought up. So how have you yep. looked at them through the first four games of the season? Um, I thought they played very well against Auburn. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not. I I think they took a step back against Villanova. Too many times I saw. I mean, Villanova put pressure on Sean Clifford with a three-man rush, and that should never happen, no matter who you're playing against. Um, I just think. No matter how good Villanova's run defense is, and it and it is, they're still an FCS team, and 34 carries for 80 yards just isn't going to get it done against the remaining teams on Penn State's schedule, which are obviously all in the Big Ten. Um, they have to run the ball better. James Franklin said that several times after the game Saturday. They, and so I don't know if it's he, – he said that – Again, today he said that the offensive line needs to play with more of an edge, needs to be more physical. So I'm guessing that it's not technique. He's not saying that, that it's more of a, an attitude thing. Um, but there, there's not going to be much room for error going forward here the rest of the season with the schedule that Penn State faces. Right. I think it's a good way of putting it. The, the, you know, the margin of error shrinks because you know, it's going to be a grind the mm-hmm. rest of the way. Uh, when you yep. look, when you look at the defense, let's start with the front. We know Penn State over recent years has been able to get a lot of pressure with the front. What have mm-hmm. you thought of them so far this season? I I think they've done a really good job, and I, I think that was one of the question marks going into the season because yep. of losing that your starting defensive ends, and and obviously Hakeem Beeman, who was the projected starter, has been out with an un specified injury i i think i mean i've been i mean i knew pj mustaver was going to be very good and he has been but i think they've gotten real strong end play out of uh arnold evacati and nick Barburton and jesse lucetta and jesse lucetta at end yeah. to me like i think i said to you uh you know maybe two weeks ago is has been a find and he i think he's found a home i think he's really really good at the end so yeah i think I mean, I, I do they need to get to the quarterback a little better? Probably, but like I would agree with James Franklin's assessment of the Villanova game. Um, Daniel Smith was getting rid of the ball pretty right. quickly, exactly. And so I can't. I, I wouldn't read too much into their sack total. You know, they had three. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't read too much into to that. But I do think they need to get to the quarterback better, and I do think they're going to need to get to the quarterback Saturday against Indiana. Yeah, which then brings up the secondary. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. when you look at them, you know, you and I have looked at Penn State secondary play for, you know, four decades apiece. What do you think of this mm-hmm. group? It's as good or better than any I've seen. I agree. I can't. I'd have to really sit down and yeah. look. I can't think of one better. I just, I mean, you know. His name has been hardly mentioned. And then I realized, well, duh, because nobody's throwing to his side. Tariq Castro Fields. And this is something, believe it or not, this is something yeah. that Jack and I have brought up. I mean, he, he doesn't have stats. Well, he doesn't, well, yeah, have, he doesn't, st- have, stats. He doesn't have stats right, because but, nobody's going in his direction. When they finally do, he deflects the ball over to Jair Brown. Yeah, yeah. Unbel- he's been no, – I mean, obviously, he's been really, really good – I, I just think with the, the starting safeties they have now with um, 
Jaquan Brisker and Tig Brown. And, you know, Joey Porter is getting picked on because nobody wants to go to the other side of the field. But I think he's done a pretty good job. I, I think the secondary is outstanding. And they will be tested Saturday no doubt. if Penix has time to throw with the group of receivers that that Indiana has. But no, Steve, I'm with you. I, I think I can't remember I can't think of a better secondary than this one. To me, what actually that helps elevate it has been to me the elevated play of uh, Daquan Hardy. What have you thought about him? Because you know you have to play so yeah. many sub packages these days, and he's critical in the sub package. Yeah, and he's been very good. And I should have mentioned him. You know, when you asked me first about it, yeah, he's been very, very good. Um, the only pass that I can remember him getting beat on, and and I'm not going to be hard on this, is the back shoulder pass that no. Bo Nix threw. Right. Uh, but other than that, I think he's been outstanding. And I, I just, yeah, I, I, this group of D backs, to me, um, man, they, they're, they're really, really good. And you know, if Penn State could get consistent pressure on the quarterback with the front four and not need um, Brandon Smith or Ellis Brooks to blitz in the right. sub packages, they're they're gonna be really tough to score against. Uh, interesting. I you know, I'm not really one that pays too close attention to the top twenty five until they get to the college football playoff rankings because to me that that becomes the ball game. Mm-hmm. All right. But of the original top 25 preseason, nine of those 25 have two losses. Yeah. And after four weeks. I don't mean two losses after 10 weeks. They have two losses after four weeks. What have you thought overall of this college football season to this point? A lot of uncertainty um, because of the impact of the super seniors. There are a lot of teams like Villanova in the FCS has a bunch of sixth-year players, yes, and or or even fifth-year players who are playing their fifth year. Um, you want to call them super seniors, whatever. So I, it's hard, um, really, to get a read on a lot of things. Um, but it's clear, Steve, and you didn't ask me about this. It's clear that the Big Ten East is very very deep and strong. Yes. And you're not going to you're not you're not going to be able to afford an off day against any of those teams and win. You're not. It's just not going to happen. And yeah, I I think I'm with you. I I mean, I think you know, there're teams that you're just scratching your head at. Like I I mean, I'm going to be honest. I'm scratching my head at the Notre Dame Wisconsin final. Yeah. I know Notre Dame scored late and you know, but um, you know, then you know there are other games like even even USC. Look, USC losing to Oregon State at home for the first time in fifty years. Holy right. moly! I know. And you know different things like that. Clemson. Look at Clemson. I mean, I, I would have never expected that. I maybe they weren't as good as last year, but I would have never expected them to have two losses by now. Um, I don't know who else. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head, but yeah, it's it's really. Uh, I think it's a really open um, possibility. There's a lot. There, it's wide open. The the, the 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 college football playoff to me is wide open, with the exception of that team in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. Uh, final question. Obviously, uh, when you write something, obviously people can make comments. I don't. I don't even know if you even pay attention to it or not. 
Um, the only comments I pay attention to if somebody emails me and it's a rational, you know, question or comment, I'll I'll write back to them. But I don't pay much attention right. to okay. that. No. Well, first of all, good for you um, because uh, I feel the same way. Like I don't really care. <laughs> no. <laughs> right? No, and I don't mean uh, that. I just I, I know. No, I, right. Uh, yeah. I, but I've been. When I'm listening to other shows, mm-hmm. you know, people call in, and you know, I'm not. You know, it has nothing to do with Penn State. I'm just talking about national. You know, the topic this particular day I was listening to was Oklahoma and Spencer Rattler. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm asking myself in this new world that we're in that mm-hmm. it's not name, image, and likeness that's creating vitriol. I think it's the gambling part that's creating vitriol, because I think some people are losing some money on some games. And I think that creates more emotion because it becomes personal. I I think you're right. I think you're, I think you're absolutely right. I think that's part of it. But I think just as big a part of it is social media. Yeah. Where people can get on and rant and rant all they want and there's no name attached. Most of the ranting is done by somebody people that don't identify themselves or, you know, are anonymously. So I think, but I agree with you with both. Um, I, I, you know, I, I've said this before, maybe I've said it to you on the show before. I'm not sure. Um, I grew up in a house with a uh, compulsive gambler, my father. Okay. And I'm not, I don't look down on gamblers. Like if you're doing it as an amusement or a hobby, okay. But I want no part of it anymore. And I follow the betting lines. I do, but I don't. I, I, I just the 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 uh, the amount of commercials on television for gambling that I see is just incredible. Yes. And I mean, I'm going off on a tangent here about gambling, but it no, really, really is. And but it it really truly is incredible how many. Spots you see, and and I and I, it that it it's just overwhelming at times. Um, but I think you're right. I think there is a component. There are gamblers who are upset about their teams, whether they're college, whether they're pro, and it really, really bothers them if they don't win. And I think that's part of it, and I think the social media is part of it too. I think social media can be really useful to people like us in our business for in true information from reputable sources. But then you have the flip side of it where people are just going off and just half cocked and saying whatever is on their mind. Hey, you never talked about uh, your dad before. So, you know, you know, uh, which is, gives an incredible perspective to it. Um, yeah. It, yeah. It, it really does. Um, because, I mean, to me, it's always my attitude's always been, "Hey, look at your money. You do what you want." But remember, when you lose, it's not because the guy lost the game, lost for you. You're the one that lost because you put the money down. Yeah. yeah. No, my 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 father lost a lot of money. Yeah. I'll just say that. Fortunately, yeah, it didn't. You know, it didn't. You know, we didn't have to sell the house or anything like right. that. But but yeah, yeah, it, I yeah. And, and he, you know, he was he was a compulsive gambler. He was. That's the way it was. And you know, mm-hmm. we lived with that for a long time. And that's. I don't want to get into that. As no, much, no, no, but no. But I understand no. gambling. Like I do. Un- I do understand. And I, hey, if I go to Las Vegas and I've been to Vegas twice, I'll place a bet on games. Sure. Yeah. 
in Vegas, sure. Right. I don't. But 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 you're right. You know, to take it as seriously as some people and just badmouth the Spencer Rattler or whoever it may be, uh, because you lost money. Yeah, that's just not good. Appreciate you so much, uh, and I, I you know I guess we talked to you about coming down, joining us uh, downtown in a couple of weeks, and I'm looking forward to that very much. Yeah, me too, Steve. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry I couldn't do it last week. Uh, you know, I had a, I had a golfing date with Mr. Nate Bowers. So, very, uh, oh, very nice, very nice. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you, Rich. Appreciate you so much. Take well, care. Rich, Car- Rich Carcella, Reading Eagle. Yeah, I didn't know your son could text. That's news to me too. Yes. Uncle Steve, why is Jalen hurt so? And he misspelled it accurate. All right, as we... <laughs> he was able to do a, a video selfie, but that's about it so far. <laughs> How good for him! Oh. All right, uh, Neil Kulong, final half hour on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. That YouTube channel is awesome. Really is awesome. Love it. Become an important part of my Friday night. All right, today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. We're going to get to Neil one second. Let me make one quick quarterback point. And, Matt, here's the big problem for both the Steelers and the Eagles. All right, Roethlisberger's aging. We know that. He's 39. So we're going to talk about that with Neil in a moment. Number two, I think Hertz has to be the guy for a while with Philadelphia. You want to know why? This is not a good quarterback class for this draft. I mean, that's a big problem. There's no there's no quick fix. I mean, look around the country. Who do you pick? You know, I, I, I was thinking about that in the back of my head. And, yeah, I really don't see that as of right now. Some of the guys, especially that are like, that were thought of, especially for the Heisman, not there yet right now. Four. Even that alone. Right. Let alone being an NFL quarterback. I mean, that's a problem. Yeah. I mean, look how the rookie quarterbacks have played this year. They've kind of played the way I thought they would. I didn't think Wilson was going to be very good. I thought Lawrence, out of circumstances, would struggle because, I mean, he don't, you know, you, you're with the team that's not good. I would have picked Fields instead of Wilson, 
But he, you know, but I had a feeling he was going to struggle based on watching him last year. So I mean, it's it's no quick fixes out there. All right, let's bring in Neil Kulong. Let's uh, get to the Steelers' issues. There are also multiple issues there. Hello, Neil. I am here in uh, a survival mode. I think at this point, I'm going on 48 hours after the the latest Steelers. Um, Effort uh, that they put on Sunday, it's been it's been rough, it's been rough, but I made it. Well done, uh, you have always been a survivor. Uh, hey, is it too early to say that this team isn't very good, or after three games, is it is it just too early to make that kind of pronouncement? Um. It, it's hard to come back from what we've seen over three games. And it, I'll, I'll start by saying this. I understand that they're one and two, and three games means there's 14 games left. It, putting together those three games in which, one, by all fairness, you can argue that uh, they, they really were able to win it because they blocked a punt and ran it back for a touchdown, something that happens once every three or four years for them. You take that away, they very easily could be zero and three. You might even argue that they probably should be zero and three because it's not as if their their offense played at a level that that's been any different. Uh, you know, over the next two games that they played, their defense was, but then they turned into to you know a, a walking mash unit, and from there they've subtracted any and all depth that they've had. And we've talked about this a bunch. The only way this team was going to make a significant run at anything was going to be if they got above average uh, health. And that thought went out the window five quarters into the season. So they're, they're hurt enough that it's going to be detrimental to them moving forward. Um, it, it, depth is going to be a problem. And that that's really, it was kind of a premium going into this off season. I mean, take the offensive line that that's kind of where everyone's starting right now. Uh, they signed three offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. This, this offseason. Nobody seems to remember that. They addressed the offensive line plenty. They drafted two of them and signed three others. They had to replace a lot of guys on the offensive line. Some were, if, if you want to call the Castro situation um, by their choice or necessity, I, I don't know. We can get into arguments about that either way. I just know that, that David DeCastro is not signed anywhere right now. He's still not playing. Right. Uh, Marquise Pouncey retired. I would give it even to six to five that, that he would have been released anyway. Maybe he wouldn't have considering what the line was going to have to go up against, but his cap situation wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. He was not a very good player last year at the end. We saw that, but it, I didn't expect this either. Um, but Kendrick Green's been worse. That's a problem. That's also a rookie that you took in the third round with a, a very largely stated desire to have him start from day one. You don't draft guys in the third round expecting them to start very often. That's not usually a good thing for a team that, according to the fan base, isn't rebuilding. I don't know how else you could describe it. Um, They had to draft starters and high-end contributors with most of their picks this year, which is what we're seeing. Um, they're, They're at a point that what we've seen, what they've had to do to get here, is enough to to think that I don't know what the solution is, except maybe there isn't a solution. This is just what the team is, yeah. and I think not in that not in that context. But I think this is a lot of what Mike Tomlin said today at his press conference. 
um, it, it, it's we don't have any you know grand solution to this. We have what we have. We can't dramatically alter the team. That's pushing the panic button. I don't think they need to push the panic button. I think to to his point, he's right in the sense that they have to get a lot better at doing the things that they're doing. And they're simply not good enough right now. Um, I think they will improve. I, I've banked on Mike Tomlin uh, coached teams over the second half of, of seasons, most of his career, and you've usually cashed in on those bets. They're usually better uh, down the stretch than they are uh, early on in the season. Maybe that, that wasn't the case last year, but typically you get that a, a better level of performance the more reps that they get, the more coaching that they get. I think that's going to happen here. But I also said, you, you, you've heard me, this is a team that's going to have two three-game losing streaks yeah. and one four-game winning streak right. yep. at one point. Yep. They're going to be very up and down, and this is absolutely a down period for them, and it doesn't get any easier for them this weekend either. Alright, so let's address Ben Roethlisberger now at this point. One of my bigger complaints about young quarterbacks in the NFL, you know, and I, I think of specific guys, you know, not just the rookies like like Wilson and Lawrence and Fields, but even a young guy like Daniel Jones of the Giants. You'll be faced with third down and ten, third down and twelve, and they'll just sit there and they'll take the completion on some check down that gets them about five, you know, five or six yards shy of the first down. Uh, instead of, hey, step up, look around, make a play, get it beyond the sticks. At the end of that game, on fourth down, and I realize Najee Harris ended up with 14 catches in the game. Ben Roethlisberger did that. I don't ever remember Ben Roethlisberger doing that. Ever. What did that, I, what did that tell you? I hate to say this because I, I don't like to, to suggest I know what a player is thinking, but in, in all honesty, watching that play, if Ben would have said, that's on me, I forgot what down it was, I'd have believed him. Because the decision was, was baseless. There's no reason for him to check down. He wasn't even pressured. Right, that's um, my point. One, one, that, that's those, my point about on, the young quarterbacks. Every time I look yeah. at them, they're not being pressured. But, okay, okay, look what I did. I, I checked down. No, get the ball down the field. <laughs> you have to have that sense of urgency and you, you have to know the situation. I mean, why are you going for it from your, your, where were they? The, the 16, yeah. something like that. Why are you going for it on fourth down in that situation? Why? Yeah. I, I honestly, the, the, I think it's just as plausible that he forgot what down it was as, as anything else. If you think about it, he has no reason to do that in that situation. None whatsoever. He threw 58 times in that game. Three of them might've been uncontested, not pressured. That was one of them. It was a, a good blitz. Uh, I, I thought Cincinnati, would, what's not being uh, given a whole lot of credit to in this game, Cincinnati had a good defensive game plan. They did a great job. That, that's a good defensive team. Yes, it is. Um, they're getting better. You're going to see them playing some really good football this season. But it, the reality is it, it doesn't matter if the blitz is coming at that point. You've got to get the ball down the field. There's absolutely no point to you uh, throwing a three-yard gain there. Get it to the end zone. They pick it off. It, at least you know they, they only gain – what five yards of territory on you it's not that big of a right. deal and you, you gave your your team a shot at the, at the end zone otherwise you throw up to the three and hope they pick it off that, that's that's yeah. a winning play for you at that point um i i don't I, honestly i don't think that ben is the type who makes those mistakes very often it's not as simple as uh, many would suggest that it was a play call issue there were four guys running vertical routes on that harris was the dump off for Ben to go short immediately in that situation without any pressure, it, it's a lack of awareness of the situation that he was in. I, I honestly think he, he somehow or other blanked on what down it was. 
Um, I, I don't want to put that action on him. People make mistakes. Um, you're going to let Ben off the hook for a mental mistake here and there. He, he's played well enough over his career. I agree. Uh, as I, I've said a, a, a dozen and a half times on this, on this segment, uh, he's a much smarter quarterback than, than he'll ever be given credit for. Ben knows what he's doing on a field. I really think that something got lost in that. That wasn't a play call issue. That was Ben getting the ball and dumping it off because he saw a blitz or something that you do on second or third down. To your point, the younger quarterback throwing short of the sticks because that's what the, the situation to him dictated at that moment. Don't turn the ball over. Live to fight another day. Every drive that ends with a kick is a positive drive. All that. It, that works on third down. Doesn't work on fourth down, obviously. So I think he just got lost in, in what the situation was. Um, they, there should have been a, a play made down the field, right? and Ben will be the first one to say that. I, I right. think he kind of copped to that a little bit, but um, not good. It's <laughs> not yeah. good and not a good situation right. in, in any area of, of the offense to have it come down to that, demoralizing even. It, it, was, it was embarrassing. I think everybody saw that. Yeah. All right, so what's the injury situation look like? I mean, um, T.J. Watt, I mean, the only thing that worked for him last week was direct deposit. Uh, so. <laughs> it's cold. He, uh, he had a nice direct deposit, a lot better than mine. Yeah, he, okay. uh, from, from what Mike said today, and it really wasn't particularly insightful, which it usually isn't, um, it, it sounds like he'll practice, and the, the common cliche is he's going to let uh, practice participation be his guide. Okay. We'll see how much Watt can get through. Um, soft, soft tissue injuries like that don't just come back. I know uh, he's going to be hampered by this to some degree most of this season. If they can get him through to the bye week right yeah. now, I think they'll be they'll be really excited. Uh, if if he's able to play at you know eighty five percent production, I'm not sure if we're going to be able to see that. But they can't go to Green Bay without T.J. Watt getting on the field. At, at this point, you, you have to. This is why you signed him. Um, I understand that there's a risk for the rest of the season, but you're you're staring at one and three. Um, you're already seven point underdogs uh, going on the road. You haven't looked good in offensively. You haven't looked good in three games. You're looking a lot worse defensively than than where you started. You have to get him out there. Uh, that, that's it's just that simple. So I, I would imagine we'll we'll see Watt giving it his best to, to get out there. Yeah. Uh, Chooks Akora four uh, still in the concussion protocol. I'm not sure what the situation is going to be with him or how the Steelers are going to survive if even he can't play. Um, maybe it's maybe it's addition by subtraction. I'm not sure. I, I hope he's okay, but I, I I thought he would play a lot better this season than he has. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster, it's something that they're uh, continuing to monitor. Another practice participation will be our guide guy. Um, who else was there? I'm not sure. There are a lot of them. There's yeah, there are a lot of them. The guys no, there are a lot of them. The IR guys. Uh, yeah. You have Stephon Tuitt, um, yeah. Zach Banner, and uh, Anthony McFarland. Of, of those players, you've got um, – Tomlin left the door open to that. He didn't really suggest that uh, they expected any of them to be brought off IR. Uh, they, they made a transaction today, apparently, that cut Jameer Jones and, and signed Derek Tuska from the practice right. squad to the active roster. So – um, if, I would think if they were going to make a move with one of those players, they would have done that already today, but um, not a necessity. It's possible that they still could do that, but um, you know, Mike doesn't really get into to specifics. Everything I've heard is it wasn't all that expected that any of those players would come back after the, the mandatory three-week period, so maybe it's another week for them. Um, I'm not sure, but they, they definitely could use uh, all three of them for a variety of different reasons. What do you think of Najee Harris so far? Um, 
I think he's a rookie running back. I, I think he missed yeah. a couple opportunities in this game. To be fair, as as easy and you know kind of enjoyable in a way it is to to kind of rip on the offensive line. I thought they did all right at times yesterday. Yeah. I, I thought we saw a little bit more from them in the ground game. It, Najee just didn't trust it. He didn't run to the hole. Um, he, he ran like a college running back, I guess is the way that I would put it, which is you get to the line, if that hole is not the size of a Mack truck, I'm going to bounce it outside because I can out-athlete whoever they've got on the end and, and make a play upfield. I can get to the outside and, and, and you know get fast to the edge. You can't do that in the NFL. He had a couple times that I recall uh, going back and looking at it again. He had what I think would have been a hole for a three, four, five yard gain, and he didn't take it. He hesitated. He bounced the edge a little bit, uh, cut off any momentum that he had, and he didn't go anywhere. So it, it's not entirely a, a fault of the offensive line right now. Certainly, they have you know a, a good amount of of the share of responsibility on it. Harris needs to learn to run like an NFL player, and that that's true of every rookie running back. Mm-hmm. They don't come into the league at the level of Jim Brown. You know, they they need to to work. They need reps, um, and they need film. He needs to take a look at that and say, this is this is an open hole in the NFL. You need to get through that. You can't wait. You can't look at the line after you get the ball. You have to get through there. Um, they blocked the play well. It was a zone an inside zone play that, that he had an opportunity to, to get upfield. And like I said, I'm not talking you know an 80 yard run or anything, but it could have been six seven yards. And for an offense, at this point right now, Najee Harris has, I, I saw this stat today, 12 yards after contact right now. 12 yards yeah. after contact on 40 carries. If, if that's his number, any opportunity he gets where there is not two guys at the line of scrimmage when he gets the ball, he's got to be able to take that. All right. Thanks to Neil Kulong today, Rich Scarcella, Dave Ritchie, Greg Wetzel, Josh Showers, and a little bitterness on the part of Matt today that made the show special. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's Dak Prescott. He was a fourth-round pick. <laughs> okay. You watch Dak Prescott at Mississippi State? About the same as you see today. Yes. He is the best shot they have because he can move. The problem is the draft next year, I don't think, provides help to many teams out there, and that includes the Steelers. I mean, let's let's face it, Dwayne Haskins is who he is.